Hi, this is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development. This is our Educators Podcast. I'm delighted to be here with Dr. Jennifer, who's the Director of Learning with the Livonia Central School District. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. It's so, so good to see you and to hear you and to hear of your experiences for our educators, for our principals and our aspiring leaders. Why don't you tell us what you're doing now? So I'm the director of learning uh, for a school district in New York State in the United States of America. Um, My role is really anything that has to do with learning pre-K through 12th grade. Um, So for the entire district, working with curriculum, instruction, and professional learning. Um, And so that's my day job. My I guess my passion project is I'm actually the director of education development for a charity in Cambodia. And so that's the Butterfly P Charitable Foundation. Um, So I work with teachers to create a teacher leader academy to empower teachers to then um, create teacher institutes within their own schools uh, to mentor their colleagues. So I keep busy. You must do. So when do you fit in the time to do the, um, the Teacher Leadership Academy in Cambodia? Well, because of the time zone difference, um, I'm up really early. Um, and then uh, I've been able to do this uh, on weekends. And then um, so we've done it virtually. And then also in, um, I've been able to go in person and do some of these kind of short-term institutes as well. So it's been amazing. Tell us about how you came to know about that, how you came to be involved with that. So um, about almost two years ago, we had a graduate of our school district who came back. Um, he owned a boutique hotel in Samrit, Cambodia, and he really wanted to do something to help the floating village that he was connected with. And so um, originally... The idea was that our students were going to maybe read the same books and they could kind of do something like this, zoom back and forth um, and talk about the same books. Um, When we kind of started to ask more questions, we found out that at that time they didn't have internet, they didn't have electricity and they didn't have books. And so um, we decided that we maybe needed to think this through a little bit more. Um, So then I just became very involved with the teachers there amazing educators uh, who just want to do everything they can for their students. And so that made me want to do everything I could for them. So about 50% of them have attended uh, provincial teacher training and about 50% of them have only um, a high school education. So by being able to sort of empower teachers to kind of help one another, um, it's just been incredible. And it's really, I guess it's really what I was trained to do, which is um, in school leadership, you know, our, our job is to really find the leaders amongst the teachers and to help them kind of become their own leaders. So it's been wonderful. When you identify the needs of the teachers in Cambodia, and then you identify the needs of the teachers in your school district in America, What do you find in terms of similarities and differences? Share with us about that. So I think the needs are very similar as far as um, this idea of of helping to promote their own self-efficacy, that they just 
empowerment. I think that that is a need across education and that teachers need to be able to be trusted, to um, rely upon their professionalism, but then also how can I as a leader help them um, provide them with some of the you know, most recent research or opportunities to apply that research. So um, I think it's really similar in many ways. The, the main difference, of course, is just lack of resources in, um, in Cambodia and especially in the floating village. Um, but we've worked around um, just being able to work with them and take what I know works here and then let them figure out what might work in their context has just been amazing. So it's very, very similar, actually. Are there opportunities for the teachers in your school district or have they taken an opportunity to join you and go over there as well? So our goal is definitely to do that eventually. Um, we're in the middle of our COVID-19 crisis right now. And um, so the plan originally was to try to do something next spring. Um, but I think that will probably be on hold for just a little longer. But as far as some of the virtual work, um, some of my students and some of the teachers have actually joined in to provide some video lessons for the English classes and um, some audio of maybe reading passages and that type of thing. So being able to involve them in that way. Um, and then also students have done some fundraisers uh, to be able to provide school supplies. Um, so I, I look for every opportunity to try to connect the two so that my day job matches my passion project on the side. Yeah, wonderful that you can integrate those together. Absolutely. Yeah. With your school district and with the Cambodian teachers that, that you're doing there, is there a particular or a group of uh, leadership theories or models that, or frameworks that you use to empower them with their self-efficacy and those things you've talked about? Yes. So um, we definitely believe that it, it's that whole idea of teacher empowerment. And so the main, I would say the main thing that we have done is um, – really looked at anchor experiences and helping teachers develop um, within their own area of expertise. Um, so an anchor experience is experiential learning, basically, and then using that as a catalyst for literacy. So we've done that both in my um, school district in the United States and then also in Cambodia, just to help uh, students understand and hear their own voice and then teachers as well. So, um, so this whole idea, the model of the Teacher Leader Academy is really what we do in, my, in Livonia. Um, we have a, a teacher coach uh, process and program that we've been working on. Um, and it's really about how do you feed the teachers, giving them the very best, most recent research, and then giving them an opportunity to, to apply that to their own context and develop uh, some amazing opportunities for students. Do you find that the leadership model or models that you use in New York State have a cultural emphasis or a cultural bias that does or does not translate into the Cambodian experience? So it's been interesting because um, certainly in the United States, we really focus on a lot of a group process and um, you know, teaching not just teachers, but students how to turn and talk to one another or, um, you know, really work in work collaboratively. Um, one of the biggest challenges I found when I first started working with teachers in Cambodia is just 
partially because of their history, partially because of their culture, um, there's a lack of, there was a lack of trust. Um, and so getting them to ask questions, getting them to share with one another, um, we really focused just like we do with students on social emotional learning first. And how could I build that connection with them? Um, and so once that was established, then we were able to do many of the same types of things, but it really was an initial hurdle that we really had to overcome. Tell us about your doctorate, your focus of your research and how that came about. Yeah, uh, so my EDD is in uh, K through 12 school leadership. Um, it was uh, from the University of Rochester, which is in Rochester, New York. And what's unique about the program is that it is not just uh, school leaders who are um, kind of in all of these education classes, but it draws from uh, people who may be in the medical field or in the business field. Um, so what was wonderful about that is we were sort of able to cross pollinate ideas. Um, so uh, this was an opportunity to be able to really do a lot of um, thinking outside the box, which I've been able to really apply as an administrator, a school administrator, um, and a school leader. Um, yeah. And tell me, uh, sorry, what was the rest of your question? <laughs> yeah, look, tell us about your, your research project and, um, you, and, and what you did, how you did it, what you found. Yeah. So um, my focus was actually on professional learning and how could we leverage technology um, when in a situation where perhaps people are more widespread, which has been interesting because that has really come in handy uh, during this COVID-19 crisis time. Um, and so what we found is that, or what I found, so many teachers really prefer that kind of one-shot workshop idea where you just, um, they get to sit and somebody delivers and maybe they have some interactive experience while they're there, but then they can kind of go home, go back and say, okay, I did it, I learned. Um, and what was interesting is that I did a lot of surveying and that's really what teachers said that they preferred. They're more comfortable doing that. But what we found is they really learn best if you could take maybe an initial experience and then use some follow-up coaching, some follow-up uh, group work through um, perhaps like something like Zoom and some of those breakout rooms that you can use within Zoom. Um, so we've, so that was a very interesting, um, it was a, a number of years ago, but it was, it really did help inform how I do a lot of professional learning, which is um, to create that coaching model, which is really what I'm using with the Teacher Leader Academy and um, within Livonia as well with our teacher coaches, is that we do some initial workshop training. We have a really wonderful time together, really rich experience where we apply that learning. And then we give people some time to really go back, apply it, and then have some coaching where they get follow-up work. So um, it's, that has been very helpful in this uh, situation that we've been in because you can do that follow-up work through a virtual setting. And that was kind of the focus of uh, what I was looking at. Right. And how, you, how do you measure the change in impact or increased impact after having this practice time and then accountability in a group and sharing? 
Yeah. So just using a mixture of qualitative and quantitative methods. So we look at, um, first of all, it has always been in the past that we looked at professional learning. We would judge it based on um, just sort of a survey of teachers. And it often came back, you know, that they liked the cookies or, you know, the, <laughs> that the room was too cold or, you know, those kinds of initial um, surface level kinds of questions. So what we've really looked at is um, right down to the student level. So are we actually seeing um, through peer observation, through walkthroughs, um, in the case in the Teacher Leader Academy in Cambodia, um, they have a, a wonderful um, opportunity to go into one another's classrooms, observe one another, and then uh, work together to give each other feedback. And so just the impact at the school level, first of all, so has behavior changed? And then, of course, what we're looking at is sort of the holy grail of student achievement. Um, and that's always a lot more difficult to gather mm -hmm. that information, but so far, what we are finding is that in places where teachers have been empowered to work with one another, to coach one another, that we see a significant change in their practices. And then we're seeing um, at the student level that especially if it's something very specific, such as um, a literacy skill or um, you know, changing uh, in Cambodia, for example, one very simple change that we put in place was something called turn and talk, um, which in many places, that's just part of how you do school. It wasn't part of how they did school. They did a lot of um, an individual student would stand up and kind of report out to the class. And so our whole focus was this idea of who is doing the work. And so I would always say, you know, the person that is speaking and thinking is the person that's learning. And so we would just kind of start looking around the classroom and say, who's doing the work? And they would say, oh, well, just that one student. And so we practiced, um, you know, how do you turn, look at your partner and speak back and forth. And then I would say, so who's doing the work now? Who's doing the talking? Who's doing the thinking? And they'd say, oh, well, all the students. Um, so something as simple as that significantly changed just even when you walked into the classroom and could see it. But then also students had a much deeper understanding of the material. Um, so I really, it's been interesting because I think that um, in the Cambodia project, it's a lot more evident at the student achievement level because it's such a significant change. Um, in Livonia, we definitely see a change in, in teacher practice, but we have so many different ways that we're measuring student achievement um, it's really hard to tease out, you know, which thing made the biggest difference, but I, I, so it's more of a qualitative, um, data gathering, I think in Livonia and more quantitative in Cambodia. Right. That's really interesting. Tailoring it for the, for the culture and the needs. Right. Yeah. Powerful. Why don't you, um, share with us, we have a range of people in our masters of education program. So we have teachers that are new to the career and then we have people that are heads of departments, we have principals, we have principals that are also directors and owners of their schools, they have K-12 to and junior colleges and business degrees being offered on multiple campuses, so a huge range. What would you say for some nuggets of wisdom, some career advice for aspiring leaders? So I think you have to find your passion. Um, and that's something, I mean, you probably can hear that in my voice that I found mine. Um, I really, I've always loved learning. 
But what I love even more is helping others reach their goals. And I think to be a leader, whether that is a teacher where you're inspiring students to do this or a school leader where you're trying to empower teachers, I think that you need to help them find whatever it is that is their passion and then you just nurture it and help them grow. Um, I think the mark of a good leader is how many leaders that you can help create. And um, so I think if you do that as a leader, that you listen and that you are responsive and not just thinking about what you're going to say next, but really, really being present and listening, then I think it's not so difficult to find out what each person wants and how you can assist each person. Um, and then ultimately, when you do that, when we, when we nurture teachers, when we nurture our students, then I, I just think that that eventually makes the world a better place. And so um, I, I'm in this because I absolutely love kids. I love teaching um, and I, I just want to make a difference. I think that education is the key to doing that. So um, when you keep that in mind as a teacher or a leader, that you know, our goal here is really education. And you can do that through mentoring, you can do that through example, um, and you can just, I guess, through that process, we end up sort of creating a, a better place for all of us. I love that. That's really inspirational. So make sure you find your passion, which everyone says, but you're the first person who said growing other leaders. I, I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. And then being present. No one else has mentioned that as well. I think often when we are talking with someone, even me, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm thinking, what's the next good question rather than just being fully present? That's, that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, Dr. Jennifer, I really want to thank you for your time. You've got up early in the morning and shared your wisdom and your experiences with us and your passion is very clear. So thank you for your inspiring talk. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.